You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Hey, I'm Molly Stewart, Twisties Treat of the Year, and you're listening to Holly Randall Unfiltered, sponsored by Twisties. Twisties is a leading glamour porn site for exclusively lesbian and girl-girl content. Since starting my journey with Twisties, I have shot some incredible scenes with some of the best girls, making some truly amazing fantasies come to life. For 18 years, they have featured the biggest names in the industry, recently rebranding to exclusively female content. Twisty stays focused on raising the bar of what modern porn looks like, while highlighting the up-and-coming talent of our generation. Their Treats of the Month and now Treat of the Year give viewers a taste of what their favorite girls are like under the wrapper. My journey since being their Treat of the Month in January of 2018 has been incredible, and I can't wait to see what they have in store for the future. To unwrap the hottest treats and mouthwatering scenes, visit twisties.com and find them on Twitter at Twisties and Instagram at Twisties Treats. Hi, I'm Holly Randall, and welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is a show about sex, the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21-year veteran of this fascinating little industry, and as the eldest child of the trailblazing erotic photographer, Suze Randall, you could say I grew up in it. So forget everything you think you know about porn, because this show is going to change your mind. My guests are some of the biggest names in the industry, and we unabashedly reveal the real behind-the-scenes stories. The funny, the inspiring, the tragic, and the bizarre. Everyone has an opinion about sex work, but few people actually listen to the sex workers. So sit back and prepare yourself for a podcast, which is honest, raw, and unfiltered. Today on the podcast, I am thrilled to bring you two amazing women. Amy Baldwin and April Lampert. They both make up the very popular Shameless Sex podcast. Amy is a sex and relationship coach and sex educator, and April is a motivational speaker, sex toy mogul, as well as one of the leading women in the sex toy industry. Together, they have created this podcast, Shameless Sex, which inspires radical self-love, sexual empowerment, and shame-free intimacy. This is a fantastic episode with two brilliant, sexy, fun, and incredibly intelligent women. And I know I learned a lot from this episode, and I hope you do as well. So let's welcome Amy Baldwin and April Lampert to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Today, I'm very excited to have another couple of podcasters on the show. They're actually part of the Pleasure Podcast Network, which is a sex podcast collective that I'm part of alongside a bunch of other really amazing sex positive podcasts. So we're kind of like a big family here. So I'm very excited to have them. If you're into sex positive podcasts, you've probably heard their show. It's called Shameless Sex with April Lampert and Amy Baldwin. And Amy is a sex and relationship coach, a certified sex educator, as well as co-owner of a mother-daughter owned online pleasure boutique called Pure Pleasure Shop. 
April is a sex educator as well. She travels internationally as the vice president of Hot Octopus, an innovative pleasure product company. She was voted Women of the Year in the adult industry, which is super fucking cool. And together, they make up the incredibly popular podcast, Shameless Sex. Thank you guys so much for coming on today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We, yes, we love being here with you, Holly. You're yeah. one of our fobs, our favorites. In our family. Thank yes. You. Thank you. So um, we talked a little, you mentioned it kind of briefly because you guys interviewed me last week for your show and you guys are best friends, right? Yep. And you were actually inspired to start this podcast by being guests on Sex with Emily. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So can you tell me like kind of how that all came about? Yeah, we, so April and I have been, uh, best friends since 2006. 2006 yeah. I think 2006. We met working in the restaurant industry of all places. And I already was on the track to get into the human sexuality realm. I was going to school for psychology and human sexuality and knew I was going to open up a sex shop with my mom here in Santa Cruz. That's pure pleasure shop. We did sell the retail store. Now we're just online. Uh, the Cliff Notes version was, I saw that April is a, what I call social savant. And I was like, you should work at my sex shop. And she's like, I don't even own a vibrator. And I said, here's a vibrator. And the rest of his was history. Um, and we went on from there to both dive deeper into the sex toy industry where we went from just working in a retail store to working with companies. Now April's the VP of Hot Octopus. I work with uh, Uberlube as well and do sex and relationship coaching. And uh, fast forward to always talking about doing a creative project together didn't know what it would be we're pretty sure that we shared some past lives together well you did a somatica training with sex with emily and and sex with emily emily morse was asking amy to come on her show and i was in la with amy working and amy was pitched me as well and i knew emily because i I worked with her before on some other projects for another sex toy company and i was like amy what the fuck am i gonna talk about on on emily's show i'm like i'm not a sex educator i mean she's like yes you are i was like i guess you're right i am and then i was single and it was she's a divorcee i was a divorcee and i was single she's a divorcee (laughs) i've been traveling all the world and like banging out dudes i had never done that before and it was really fun and and it was Emily's most listened to show of 2017. And we were like, shit. What was it called? Again? It was called Orgasms Squirting in the Year of Anal Licking. Ah, uh, yeah. Because, well, that, I mean, yeah, that's a catchy title. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you guys probably know, like, oh, title. It's, it's the title. You get that mm-hmm. good title in there. It's like, and people are like, why was 2016 the year of anal licking? I'm like, but- because every dude I hooked up with, which I had been not, I was a serial monogamous, so I had not really hooked up with that many people. I hadn't been out there. And every guy went straight for the anus. The anus. The anus licking. <laughs> like, so like, your anus. Licking mine. Or and, wanting and to, at least. Wanting to. And I was like, okay, we're going there. I haven't showered yet. I was dancing on the dance floor all night, but okay, let's do it. <laughs> do you get see yeah i get nervous when guys want to do that without me being prepared though i guess when i'm hooking up with a guy first thing i try to kind of check everything down there before i start but uh i definitely get like i think i almost get overly queasy about hygiene just because i work in the adult industry you know what i mean mm-hmm. well me too that i didn't know that was a thing though that's why i was when i was on 
the sh- Emily's show with Amy, I was like, is that a thing? Yeah. I, I now, kn- I know it, it is. So I'm now prepared, Holly. I wasn't back <laughs> she then. Some, some, okay. some wipes in her purse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now I, I have the wipes going. I'm just fine. She's always prepared for Although another I'm year. I'm not single anymore. I don't, I don't think 2020 is going to be the year of anal licking nope. just because, nope. you know, people are Digital. being extra cautious. <laughs> Digital. We get some offers now on Instagram. They're sliding into our DMs. Can I lick your ass? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, girls, I know all about those kinds of DMs. Oh my god, what are some of the weirdest DMs you guys have gotten? We were so this one wasn't a DM. We just got this email that we were reading on our our podcast today. We kept the listener's name anonymous, but it was a guy from India who was like essentially like, "I am Indian. I'm five nine and thirty. I don't like Indian people. Will you sponsor me? I work in the U.S. I come work for you. I have long, long black, black cock." And we're like, "What is sponsorship?" Mean? I know. I, I was confused. So. I, I didn't ask for more questions. Like a visa sponsorship. Yeah, visa sponsorship, I guess. And then you, we come Which is and- very complicated, by the way. So I'm, a, I'm surprised. That's a big ask. Yeah. That's a really big ask. That was Can a big... I just yeah. tell you, I get like 10 of those a day. I like, bet you do. I bet oh you my, do. All the time. To- every single day, at least mm-hmm. one. And yeah, can you can you please move me out to the US? So- ah, so you know what sponsorship means. Okay, so you're talking about visa. Yeah. Yeah, we're like, what does that mean? Is well, it is like going to be like our... already sponsored. My ex-husband was from Israel and I already sponsored one. So I think they might get, there might, I might I be a red flag after yeah. that. They're like, this bitch is sponsoring a lot of dudes now. That can't I, happen My anymore. ex-husband is English and I had to sponsor him. So why? <laughs> I sort of know about that too. Yeah. So You're that, could be, your, that could be our reply. We'll just have a, an automatic I'm responder. Out, I'm at my says, max. We're already at the max. Yeah. Sorry, the government isn't accepting any <laughs> yeah. new uh, applications well, know, for me. I haven't sponsored yet. So oh, maybe so I, there's still hope for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Send a, your applications to Five five five. Yeah. One, Here two, we one, go. Two. We and you know what's interesting about our podcast, and I understand why you because yours you're interviewing a lot of folks in the porn industry, and uh, and so I am actually surprised that within our podcast. Now I'm saying this, we're going to get a million of these listeners. Do not, do not <laughs> take, do not try to do this. Uh, but we actually don't get a lot of dick pics. We don't get a lot of offers from people for sponsorship and things like that. And there's certain times when we've said certain things, such as what I'm saying right now, where all of a sudden we will get a number of them but we really uh don't don't get a, a ton of it and when we do it's just a little well, we entertaining did, we did this co- this contest this masturbation may contest now this is last year we also did one this year and our poor intern aka now she's paid but our executive assistant is the person that handles looking at our dms and she goes i can't unsee what i saw <laughs> and i was like what's happening so we did I, I what was the contest was it or was it it was so a it's for masturbation self-pleasure, May, self-pleasure for 30 days 30 day challenge and we're recording this during masturbation may still it's a way to celebrate self-pleasure and what we asked them to do is for 10 minutes a day to self-pleasure with out any sort of additives just with their hands with no goals towards orgasm just to figure out what their bodies like like an open exploration for a lot of folks like that's going to be easy and for a lot of folks like that's really hard i'm so used to just giving myself for the orgasm really quickly and we asked them as part of it to send us a photo of themselves anonymous holding a piece of paper over their face that said in 10 words or less what they learned what their experience was and a lot of people took advantage of that and they were like oh this is an opportunity to send you my my dia just <laughs> take pics after just- yeah, I'm gonna say probably message over the face, but everything yeah. else is exposed. Yes, with the phone number, call yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So we're like, oh, you know what? We asked for it, though. Like, we didn't directly ask for it, but we kind of did. But I just felt like a poor executive assistant was just, she... All the dick shots. Yeah. So I haven't personally received a lot because I didn't check those. You are now after this goes on Holly's podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, what's your Instagram? Yeah. So it's Holly Randall unfiltered. You can screen them. And then if it's, you think it's one that we want to see, send it our way. Yeah, right? We, yeah. Do, we do like the DX, though. So. You know, it's hilarious because my, uh, my executive assistant actually loves dick pics. And we oh, have perfect. this joke where she asks for them a lot. And like she gets very upset because people don't send them to her. Oh. We, we do this bonus podcast um, called My LA Porn Life just on my Patreon. And she's always like, where are the dick pics at? And people will send her like a picture of like Dick Cheney. Oh, you know what I mean? Like to be funny. And she's always like, why don't I get the dick pics? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. The one person like, asking for them is not right? getting the dick pics. <laughs> Cause oh I, so there's the psychology behind it. Who does it? Justin Lay Miller. I don't know if you've had him on your podcast before, but he was talking about the psychology behind the dick pic. And there is something about the exhibitionist, almost like flashery. You know, you're not expecting it. That it's not for everyone. It. Yeah, you don't want it, so it's a little more exciting and exhilarating versus like, oh, you asked for it. Yeah, it's not. As I'm an analyzer of all the things except for the dick. So I look at like the background. Holly, maybe you do this because from oh, your yeah. photography standpoint, because you talk about lighting, I look at the background. If they're in the bathroom and there's shit all over there, I'm like, oh no 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 uh, no, uh, not gonna God. happen. I wouldn't be. I would not be into. We told you about this at. at when you were on our show, when my current partner had been hooking up with Amy before I ever knew him and uh, they had hooked up a couple of times and Amy was also, she, you were single and having fun and she was like, communicating with him and he sent her a video. Meanwhile, she doesn't really enjoy looking at the so the dick vids. Either. I don't mind dick vids or dick pics. I'm not into the actual ejaculation unless it's in person. I, it's just not my jam over video or photo. But in person with someone I'm intimate with, I think it's super sexy. So it was a video. So I was like, April, you She's don't know like, this guy. Need, yes, look at this. You got to watch it to you make sure. Make sure there's no money shot in here because it's not really my jam over video. So then I watched it and I was like, oh okay, okay. I was like, Amy, it's about eight o'clock at night right now this is a pre-recorded dick vid because it's daytime and he sent this to 80 other people this. yeah so <laughs> so then i sent her then i sent him back this uh cat taking a shower and i said do you like my wet pussy <laughs> he, he thinks that that was for me but then yeah. it was from her his future girlfriend so that yeah. was perfect oh my god so anyway yeah. that was it so, so when so you got together you already saw his dick i did cool? i told him that i was like i already saw your penis looks nice very nice you know that's April, I'm so with you on that. Like if somebody sends me a picture from a messy room or I see girls post like selfies of them and their house is a mess, it like makes me want to throw up. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Make your fucking bed. Like, cause that's all I see. That's all I see is. Well, have you ever seen those, those, I don't know what, who does it, if it's Buzzfeed or, or some online where they're, they take like the worst self, the worst selfies ever. And there's like women with like shit in the toilet, like posing (laughs) and like literally you can see. The, the stuff in the toilet and, and there's other ones that I, I mean uh, like a, a pack of you know diapers and a dude like ejaculate I don't remember what site it was I saw this a couple years ago which I, I'm like wait, oh wait, wait. yeah I swear what <laughs> selfie is yeah. someone sitting out when there's a dude ejaculating on a stack of diapers in the background <laughs> like 
like, where, I was, where is this? I need to Maybe see that was picture. a deep, I just, I just shared a fetish now. He wasn't <laughs> thinking, yeah, it's adult diaper fetish actually was, yeah. was what was really going on. Some pampers. Yeah, they need to take your, um, your, what is your, fo- your class, Holly, that you do that? Uh, my workshop. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They need yeah. to take your workshop. You need to help yeah. these people out real I quick. Know, right. <laughs> um, so have you guys seen those like, kind of secret naked um, selfies where people will take a picture and they'll post it on Craigslist like they're trying to sell the item like a tea kettle. And if you look carefully at the reflection, it's somebody naked (gasps) reflected in the tea kettle that you wouldn't catch. Like obviously like a chrome tea kettle um, unless you are actually looking. Are they really trying to sell a tea kettle or are they trying to flash you? They're trying to flash you, but like in a really subtle way and upload it to, you know, like a website like Craig's. Well, actually, who knows what you expect on Craigslist, but you know what I mean? Like somewhere where you're not looking for dick pics. That creatively would be more of a turn on for me. If someone sent me that. You're like, brilliant. You got me. I would think about their, in like their creativity and their artistic ability and probably be getting a little bit tingly and wet underneath i'd be like yeah Yeah. that's that's some real that you took some time yeah yeah it's all about the effort right yeah yeah yeah. you they and they they, they got you in that one i'd be like you know what it's a little bit like you definitely maybe crossed the boundary because i didn't consent to that but you got me and that was quite intelligent well done yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so really guys it's it's about the intelligent dick pics that's what we're looking for just we don't want the run of the mill you know in your bedroom like kind of dick pics we'd like we'd like something creative yes please thank That's you all it comes down to have you guys seen that blog um things my dick does i don't think no. so wait is it where the, the guy like draws the yeah he draws on the on the, his penis like it's a person yes, yes. Like a little stick figure i he, love like, puts that it in outfits yes like that. it's oh, really cute. adorable it is probably one of the most entertaining things for when looking at penises that i've ever seen because yeah. they it the, the penis will be when he's like he's sick or something and he's like and he's, he's all slumped over is like with like some ejaculate coming out and then they put the little hat and like a scarf on him Aww. and then he will draw a little yes i absolutely i'm so happy I, that you I wonder what the dick's doing during coronavirus bored uh, no probably so much material i know no no i mean but, but the actual like setting up what the dick is oh. going through these times many margaritas on oh, zoom like, again like on a zoom call again <laughs> <laughs> not again getting all zoomed guys- out speaking of since this is just like the topic that just naturally seems to come up how have you guys been handling quarantine it's been going, it's a roller, a little bit of a roller coaster. It's a mixed bag. We, I, I can speak for myself personally. I've gone through all the, the motions of like freaking out and trying to control everything. And like, I can't see anyone too. And we didn't see each other for over a month, which is very hard for us because we're used to seeing each other a couple of times a week and we're business partners. So we were even seeing each other only over Zoom. And, uh, and so to me, it's been a roller coaster. It's been a, there's been a lot of good stuff. Um, there's been, it's felt like a much slower, much less social version of everyday life. And what I'm seeing is I have nowhere to run and hide from myself. Like I, well, I still can, I can drink wine and run and hide. And I constantly confronted with my shit that I was, it was much easier to run from it when I could do all of my things, you know, go to hot yoga and go to all the social gatherings. And so the blessing is that I am feeling a lot of feels that needed to be felt and I can't hide from them as much as I used to. And the challenge is it's just really hard. Super the challenge hard. is also that you have to do all of this. You have, uh, yeah. From your feeling. Yeah. So it's like, there it is. It's a blessing and a challenge. Yeah. 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 April, what, what about I, you? Well, 
one of my girlfriends who went through a severe postpartum stretch after her first baby said that this shelter in place, I call it SIP because I love some acronyms. SIP. She's like, SIP has me. SIP. <laughs> SIP has me. No, she said SIP is like the, the version of everyone in the world feeling postpartum isolation after childbirth because you right? You don't want people in and out of your house. You don't really leave. And I, I don't have children. And so for me, I really, that really sat with me and, and I definitely will be more supportive when, after you have a baby, call me, Holly, if you want to talk, because I want to be more supportive to people that I've been traveling internationally, as you mentioned in the bio with not only with hot octopus, even before that, I were, you know, I've been in this, the sex toy industry since 2008 and travel has been one of the most, uh, not only like uh, uh, just com- uh, just a solid soul feeding thing for me, completing me, but mm-hmm. it's part of my identity. Just experiencing as I'm in Europe and Australia and New Zealand and South Africa, you know, I'll go to all of these countries that I normally wouldn't maybe have been able to see. And now I am sheltering in place. I haven't been home this long since I was 17. And wow. it's really a shift for me that I didn't expect to be as difficult. I took up like candle making. <laughs> I took up, I can make a mean sourdough loaf. I can probably fix a car that is, no, I can't do that. She yet. can't do that. Yet. I can change an that oil being outside. Seventies oil. <laughs> there's a car that from the seventies, but I would say that overall, I thought my sex was going to be really amazing too. And my partner and I slowly, I was like, dude, just don't touch me right now. I'm, I, like, I've already seen so much of you, and I'm good. I'm going to go masturbate maybe in the shower. Are you masturbating more? No, not no. really. Well, sometimes it depends on the day. Yeah. So Is it's it- ups and downs, ebbs and flows, and I have to tell you. And I'm sure everybody collectively is feeling this. It's, it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. And for those folks that are able to, I always worked from home. So that mm-hmm. wasn't really out of the norm. It was more or less the, the lack of anything to look forward to, like the trips mm-hmm. or the, so that's been challenging. And I don't know, sex, sex is something that I think people didn't focus on at all. And w- when we tried to, to help people and challenge them to have more self pleasure uh, via our social media channels, we had some some what would you say uh, lacerating words from some people like sex shouldn't be oh, so yeah. important right now. People are dying. We're all, like, yeah, we're all we're all focused on surviving. Sex yeah. is the last thing we're thinking about. And I was like, well, speak for yourself. I know plenty of people that sex is their medicine right now in terms of feeling connected to their bodies, to their partners, to feeling something other than this other thing. So it's a different, some folks, sex isn't on the table for them and that's okay. Your energy is going in some other direction. And for some folks, it's their uh, medicine or their well, escape. It was really important for me for about a month and then I just got over it because I was like, dude, my partner's irritating Things me. Change. How about you, Holly? Was it, how, has it been a nice shift for you and your partner or were you always kind of in that? Right. Well, so before before we talk about me, I just want to oh. um, like mention something. I mean, don't, she's don't with podcasters. Me wrong. <laughs> my, I'm sorry, I love. I am. <laughs> I am my favorite subject. It's yeah. fine. We can spend this whole. I mean, if you guys just want to interview me for this whole podcast, we'll be fine with that. Um, <laughs> no, but I just wanted to to, men- to just to comment on what you said about you know people getting angry, saying you know we're focused on surviving. Like, 
I mean, but what exactly does that mean? Okay, so really, unless you're a nurse or a doctor or an essential worker, there's nothing you can do in this quarantine to focus on surviving except for staying at home, right? And like not going out there and spreading COVID-19. So unless they mean that all that energy needs to go towards watching CNN way too much or Fox News, whatever your preference is, freaking out about the future of the planet, the future of the economy, the future of your job, um, having a complete emotional breakdown or using this opportunity to slow down, connect with yourself, connect with your bodies, connect with your partner. Like you guys said, like it just seems, you know what I mean? Like I feel like that anger, I think also too, a lot of people are really angry right now Mm -hmm. and scared. And so they're directing that anger and that fear kind of anybody you know, that seems like an easy target. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. The fear mentality is difficult though. And people, And it's strong. And then it, yeah. it, it shifts into this anger thing. And yes, uh, Amy and I did get a little bit of that. It's, it's dissipated now. So, which yeah. is, it's helpful. And we had really good feedback and, and uh, a lot of people that participated in our masturbation may contest this, this, month, which was awesome. And we're thankful and had a lot of appreciation and gratitude for it. So, um, it's, it's a conversation, right? And yeah, hopefully it's constantly changing. Yeah. Hopefully it's going to get better. Moment to moment. I think before this life was, was always changing, obviously, but now it literally is changing every moment to moment, including people's moods. Um, it's, it's constant. Yeah. My husband actually mentioned, um, uh, a phrase that he read somewhere that I thought, um, made a lot of sense was quarantine fatigue. Mm-hmm. Like people are getting sick of sheltering in place, which oh, is yeah. why you're starting to see, you know, with the beaches reopening, at least here, beaches are reopening and there's all these pictures of people on the beach wear- not wearing masks. I mean, you're supposed to be, you're not supposed to be sitting on the beach. You're allowed to walk on the beach or engage in like activities on the beach, but you're not supposed to sit on the beach and you're supposed to wear a mask and like nobody's following those rules. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of talk about about that but um or back to with, your question in wisconsin of, too though people in wisconsin they're like oh, we yeah. don't give a shit i'm from yeah, wisconsin the, like originally the, i'm like dude y'all yeah. need to do something and come yeah. on yeah and it, yeah it's been interesting to see the different reactions um i think it's an interesting study in human behavior it's mm-hmm. a social mm-hmm. experiment for sure a hundred percent so but back yeah. to you i wanted to hear that but back Sorry, to me back to me let's not forget about Oops. me no i'm just kidding um <laughs> Uh, it's been, I mean, you know, it's been great for me. It's a weird time, but I think also like strangely a good time for me to be pregnant because I can't shoot, which is a pretty stressful. You know, my days are really long, sometimes like 18 hour days if I'm shooting a feature movie. Um, and, uh, you know, it's hot and just like hard on my body and, and also hard on me mentally. So I can't do any of that, which stresses me out. So that's kind of been good for me. Um, and it's enabled me to focus on my podcast, focus on marketing, focus on my YouTube channel. So it's been like the timing actually was kind of perfect for me. It's, it's strange how that works, but, um, I'm also looking forward to, I don't know if the world will ever get back to a real normal, but something along those lines. Well, it's prepping you you for the birth of your child too, because it's probably going to be similar, right? Meaning you won't be able yeah, to. Yeah, I know. It's out. kind of ironic. I had a meeting yesterday. I had a meeting yesterday with my main client about and a bunch of other directors about when we were going to go back to shooting. And um, there's all these parameters that they want in place for us. And I was like, man, by the time we go back to shooting, like I'll be going on maternity leaves. Mm. <laughs> like, 
It's going to be like a whole year that I don't shoot. It's going to be crazy. But anyways, I have a friend that lives in the Caribbean who just found out she was pregnant uh, two or three months ago. And she's really stoked to be pregnant right now. So she's like, I'm not getting the FOMO of missing all the events and things because yeah. you know they're not even happening. And so I can just yeah. be at home and relax. So it's actually feeling like a blessing for her during this time. It's just like perfect timing for her. Yeah, it's weird. Like I have a lot of friends who just had a baby or are pregnant right now. And it's, um, yeah, it's kind of like a strange blessing. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, we're going to go to a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Manscaped. Hey boys, as you may have noticed facial hair, it's, it's in. We love a burly mountain man with a rugged beard to match, but you know what will never be in? long protruding nose hairs that stick out of your nostrils like a witch's claw. But fear not, because once again, Manscaped is here to make those nasty ringlets vanish faster than you can say abracadabra. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their new Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. It's the only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience and it is waterproof, which makes it easy for operation and cleaning. Look, 75% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. So why don't you turn up instead with the Weed Whacker nose and ear trimmer? Now you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code Holly at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Just make sure that you use my code Holly. Holly Randall Unfiltered is also brought to you by Promescent. So guys, sometimes when you're getting down and dirty, things can be a little too arousing too quickly and you might find it hard to hold back the big O. Now, some of you have had the time to try out various techniques like edging that do help with lasting longer, but ironically, in our quick-paced world, oftentimes a faster, effectively proven solution works best. I'm talking about Promescent's Climax Control Delay Spray. This is a topical, safe, pill-free enhancement that helps you last longer with your partners. Promescent was created by a renowned urologist to reduce the side effect profile of other PE remedies. Promescent has little to no side effects. Just gently shake it, apply, and rub it into the most sensitive parts of your penis, wait 10 to 12 minutes for it to fully absorb, and you're good to go. Promescent should not transfer to your partner if it's used as directed. Promescent is an over-the-counter medication and it does not require a doctor visit or consultation. So if you've been looking for a safe and healthy way to last a bit longer in the sheets, go to promescent.com and use code HRU15 to get 15% off of your purchase. That's promescent.com spelled P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T and use my code H-R-U-15. Also, you can go ahead and check out my show notes for a direct link to the website. Okay, we are back. So, Amy, one thing that I noticed about you is something that like you and I have in common, which I feel like is unusual. You started your online, well, the store that is now online, your pleasure boutique with your mom. Yes. Yep. So it, obviously people who know my history know that I used to work for my mom. My mom is the one who got me into the adult industry. So how did that all come about? Did you always have like a, I'm assuming you have a pretty liberal mother. Like how was your conversations about sex growing up and all of that? 
My mom, so she grew up in Los Angeles. Uh, my my dad is from Santa Cruz, and I'm fifth generation San, Santa Cruzian. And uh, I, if you met both of them, you'd be like, you were married once. Makes no sense. But my mom has always been very liberal, open minded, um, and my messages around sex. And, and my dad is, I wouldn't, he's definitely not liberal. He's somewhat open minded, but when it comes to sex, he is yeah it's pretty it's pretty relaxed about it and so my upbringing was very much about my dad just kind of actually just doesn't give a fuck meaning there's like the blessing in that he wasn't trying to um you know you can't you can't never you can't date till you're 18 and sex is bad didn't get any of that but he well, uh, but the downside is that i just he didn't really care um and so i had a lot of freedom in that way and my mom did care but she always taught me not when it came to, to pleasure. We didn't have a lot of conversations around pleasure, but the messages that I got from her was that sex wasn't bad, wasn't shameful, and that it was a natural thing that I would do as probably as a teenager. And so way before I was sexually active, she gave me the book, Our Bodies, Ourselves. She brought me to a gynecologist way before I was sexually active to get, get my first gynecological exam, which was somewhat scary. Uh, and just because I'm like, what's, ah, what is this? And, um, and she also told me way before sexually active that when I wanted to become sexually active, I could come to her and get on birth control. So that already showed me that it was safe to talk to her about these things, that sex wasn't bad. I could have uh, boyfriends in my bedroom and because they preferred that I would do that at home safely as opposed to out in the backseat of a car. And But I didn't get ple- conversations. There was information around pleasure. Mm. Uh, I really wish I had that. Obviously, that's not in comprehensive sex education or in the public school system. It's all about what not to do, what to, what to do in terms of STIs, STDs, pregnancy, anatomy, but never about pleasure, orgasm. And as a vulva owner, you know, the pleasure that I uh, was capable of experiencing and that I could ask for from partners, I had to learn that through trial and error. So, well, that wasn't there. I still am very grateful for the messages that I got. And opening up a sex shop with my mom was never part of the plan. Uh, it, I did go to school for psychology and human se- sexuality because I had a lot of questions. I was confused. So how, what is this body of mine and how does it work? And why am I having these experiences that don't feel good? And uh, why is it so scary to ask for what I want? I don't even know what I want. And there's a whole realm of education that I can go down. I really loved learning about it and I did have a knack for talking more openly than a lot of other folks and decided to open up an adult store, uh, not necessarily with my mom in mind. I saw uh, Good Vibrations in San Francisco and loved that it was sex positive, that they weren't closeting sex. You know, it wasn't just toys in the back room. It wasn't just porn racks everywhere. Uh, it was, they were educators and they did workshops. And I saw that and I came home and I was like, mom, we should open up one of these in Santa Cruz. And my mom was like, really? Me? A sex shop? That sounds crazy. And I was like, yeah, no, you could just be behind the scenes. I'll be, you know, work the retail floor. She was like a travel agent at the time. Too. Yeah. Yeah. She was in travel in, in industry and then before that, the loan industry. And anyway, so we uh, opened and she ended up being, number one, great at working with people. She was on the retail floor as much as me, if not more. Um, she was na- a natural at it. And 
too. It was very rewarding for her. Uh, it helped her to embrace more of her sexuality, her empowerment. Uh, also, it brought us closer together in a lot of ways where all of a sudden we were talking about pleasure. You know, we're selling dildos side by side. So now we can talk more about uh, pleasure in our own experiences. Of course, as the daughter, I have a little less of a tolerance for my mom to all of a sudden come to me and be like, so the other night I had sex with my boyfriend and my, the tissue was very, my skin's so raw from him. Like, no, raw, too much. No, 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 no. You are the mom. You can say, you can talk about sex, but raw's just one step too far. Yeah. Uh, it just, it just was part of it. Maybe you experienced some of that too, but I'm just, I am so grateful that we did that and still do that together now online. Uh, I couldn't ask for a better business partner and, and I'm so grateful for what it's done for our closeness. Mm. Uh, April, what about you? What was your, like, how did you grow up around? What was sex like growing up for you? And, and, um, what was your experience and how were you taught about sex? So I wasn't ever, uh, I grew up, as I mentioned in Wisconsin, in the Midwest, very conservative, uh, not conservative as in this sort of right wing conservancy kind of thing where it was, uh, it was just not talked about in my family. My parents divorced at a really young age. My mother, she was pregnant with my brother very early on and, and, uh, struggled with a lot of her own insecurities that she still struggles with today, unfortunately. And it was don't ask kind of thing. And then, uh, I, so I was, I, I was really, I, I guess I was really the tomboy that hung out with a lot of, of guys. I had a, you know, an older brother and I, I related more to, to boys than I did ever to, to girls at the time, right? To, uh, that was just easy for me. And then I started realizing when I grew some boobs that I could, I don't want to say use those, but that I I could kind of flirt and get the attention. And then I had this thing about sex because I had only heard about people slut shaming, right? It was the nineties. And if you sleep with dudes, you're going to be uh, a slut and then you're going to get pregnant. That was what I knew. I didn't know about birth control. I knew about condoms and uh, I knew about like the plan B that had just come out that I could take in case I thought I was pregnant. And so I, I was saving myself and then I met this college dude and uh, and had ended up hooking up with him. And then my mom, finally, I, I went to Planned Parenthood by myself and got birth control because I knew that I didn't want to be uh, like my mother who was this unhappy, she had been a teenage mother. And uh, I just was hoping that that would never be my, uh, not that there's anything wrong with it. For me, I knew that I didn't ever, I, I've never wanted children. I probably have been babysitting kids since I was 10. So I was always knew that I wanted my own life and to make my own way. And so uh, I went and got birth control by myself. And then my mom Finally, the only reason she actually found out that I was sexually active, because I was 16, I just had turned 17, and I had been uh, with this college college guy that I was madly in love with. And uh, obviously, the pressure was on for me to have sex for the first time, and I wanted to, and I really loved him. And then I got an STD, right, after I had sex for the first time, which oh was... Really? And my mom, I, so my mom had taken me into the gynecologist, a man gynecologist. And because I, it was an emergency situation and my mom had to wait outside in the waiting room and I was in there for two and a half hours. And the guy was like, well, uh, and just, it was a, such a traumatic experience because he, 
there was no nurse in the room, right? It was just me and him, which I don't know if that, that doesn't happen anymore. And he uh, did his like swab and then said, yes, you have an STD and whoever you're with is lying to you. And I was like, where's my mom? I'm 17. My mom finally gets into the room and he had to tell her that I had this disease. And then my mom told me my life was over and I've ruined my mm. life. And so sex to me was this very, I'd never had uh, a lot of, of education around it. I, I, I did really well in anatomy. I would get A pluses in anatomy and sex ed. I, I, I was only educated about abstinence. And that obviously wasn't a thing that I was even into. I had guys I had gone down on me. I had, uh, I'd never given a blowjob because I had trauma around that too when I was like 14. So I'd never, that was like off the table for me. So sex was just, it was, it was me sort of, uh, trial and error, caution to the wind, figuring it out and knowing that if I wanted to keep that college guy as my boyfriend, I had to sleep with him. So that's what I did. But I didn't talk to anyone about it. And then after that, my mom, you know, telling me my life was over was really difficult. And then obviously knowing now what I knew then, meeting Amy and her saying to me how she thought I'd be so, so awesome at this job. I was studying law. I was going to be a lawyer. I was a I have a Bachelor of Science in Environmental Law, and I was starting to take the LSATs, working as, at a restaurant, meeting Amy, who was this really empowered girl, woman. I mean, she was almost 21, and I had talked to her about this party I'd been spanked at, and she thought it was the coolest thing. And I just moved up to California after I graduated from college and and was just trying to find myself, and, and her thinking that I would be this awesome human in, in the... Uh, in the, in the sex toy realm was really interesting for me. And she's been sort of my messiah of, of sex because she's really guided me. At, at I want to bring gone. her everywhere. I'm like, if I yeah. go anywhere in the sex toy industry, you come with but me. I Here had, we go. <laughs> I haven't even had anal sex. Like I was working in the store and I would just research everything that I could about anal sex. Cause obviously you, when you're a lawyer, you research, right? That's what was so I was researching. So I watched every porn and every fucking it, like every video on instruction about anal, and I was like, oh, I am living, I am the anus right now. Like, <laughs> and so people would come in and I sold more butt plugs, I think, than anyone never, else. Never tried it. Really and good I at selling it. never had anal sex. And so stuff like that. So I just slowly, and then I just felt that even now I talk to my mom about sex. And I'll be like, mom, so how is it going? How, how's your sex life? I'll send her sex toys. And she's just like, oh, Dr. Durr, no, April, <laughs> you know, and it's difficult for me to. Oh, April. Oh, April. I can't react. I'm April. April. It's your mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it in the asshole, April. And I'm no. like, why not, mom? Try it out. Here's a bus. You should plug. get it in the asshole, mom. Yeah, it's good for you. So, yeah. So that's, that's how my relationship with sex has been. Uh, probably it's it's come to its maturity after I was in my uh, in my mid my mid to late twenties, right? And I had very uh, a boring sexual experience other than with myself. I'd been masturbating since I was five, five wow. years old. I started masturbating, uh, not Jealous. knowing it was masturbation. I was super sexual. We had sexological body work done on on each of us separately. And Amy had this whole different experience. And so I had, I think I went first. And after we were comparing and the sexological body worker, after she had been feeling, you know, they kind of do this whole process. It's, it's very cool and amazing. And she said, Dolly Joseph, who's been on our show a few times, she said that the way my clitoris is placed in all my, my bits that I am DTF. And I was like, 
I'm down to fuck. You're right. I'm like, I've been that way since I was born. And then she said, Amy was like a fucking Rubik's cube. You yeah. Know? She's like, your clitoris is like its own little world. And what she's saying is my clitoris is higher up that is in terms of its, its uh, closeness to the vaginal canal and April's is much closer. And um, it's kind of all just there in one area. And so she was saying that, that through that, that with the nerve endings for her be more condensed all in one place. Like I can wear a pair of pants and get turned on. And I'm more like, I'm real difficult to you, how much time you got. That's why I just don't wear underwear anymore. You know, it's just too hard for me. <laughs> so, okay. So wait, so could the anatomy of your vagina then maybe April for you be responsible for you being able to get off easier during like intercourse or sure, is that sure. like a G spot thing? I, well, Cause I can't come from penetration. I've never been able to do that. Same, same. I, I need, I'm an external, I need external stimulation. I'm an external, Pers- but all of my, uh, well, so when I was masturbating, I would just, I was humping my teddy bear when I was five, right? Mm-hmm. That was what mm-hmm. it was. And then humping the neighbor girls when they would let me because it's like, no, it's okay. Just the girls. Just the girls. No, the dudes weren't there yet. <laughs> that came later. Um, <laughs> so that was something that for me, I, I didn't know that it was even masturbation because no one ever talked to me about it. And, yeah, that was something that I didn't realize. And, and it, 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 as you mentioned, internal penetration is difficult for me as well to get mm. uh, an orgasm from. I need mostly external. But like I think the grinding. with your anatomy, with April's anatomy, with have everything more condensed, that potential, she, for, through grinding, she might be able to get hit the clitoris more easily than someone mm-hmm. such as myself where the clitoris is much higher so I have to mm-hmm. find more specific angles or use a finger or different things and I can still have it from grinding too but uh, I think that that's what Dolly was saying to her why she's DTF is that it is just more condensed and so different positions can actually access the external anatomy during penetration more easily than perhaps mine would. Uh, well I also have labia damage though so on one of my labia uh, was ripped in half. Same dude that I first slept with. Love that guy. Love that guy. <laughs> he, uh, we used a condom. I don't remember why. And it was like drunken 18 year old sex and my labia ripped in half. So I lost some of my, so there's some nerve endings in obviously in your vulva, but I lost a lot of the feeling. I had to be stitched up. They, the doctors, it was 3 a.m. in Pennsylvania and I had to be. I had to be carted off in an ambulance at three in the morning and think about my dad was, I was still my dad's insurance. And he goes, what, why did you need, why did you need an ambulance at three in the morning is when you were in Pennsylvania? I was like, oh, I fell on a stick. (laughs) It was a stick that was unlubricated and it had a condom on it. It was attached to a human. (laughs) Yeah. And I had to walk with a limp for about a month. So that also took away some of my, my, the ability for me to actually and trauma you to heal. It from. was trauma. Yes. Which, yeah. which was a lot for me. And so I had a lot of shame around my, my sexuality for a long time. I thought I was broken. I thought no one would ever love me. I, I had this STD. I had this scar. I was like Al Capone on my vagina, my vulva. I was like Al Capone. <laughs> and it was like, everyone was scared. And oh my god, I'm forever thinking of your pussy. As it Al turns Capone out, now. well, he had two scars. How's I only Al? One, okay? How's Al doing yeah, today? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow, that's crazy. That's a that's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah, I think it's that makes you guys like a really interesting dynamic. That you, though, you know, uh, April, you having been grown up in a more conservative um, environment where you were taught that female sexuality was like a co- you know, which so many of us have a commodity, a kind of like 
trading chip, you know, saying that you hold on to and you sell to the highest bidder. You know, you had to have sex with that college guy just to keep him rather than have sex with him because you wanted to have sex with him and you wanted to derive pleasure from it. And then Amy, you coming from a more liberal background with more education and sex and you guys kind of like, so it's, it's good because it seems to me like, you know, April, you can kind of talk from a perspective of, of coming into your own and learning about sex. And then Amy, you being kind of more established in that whole realm. I think that's, that's a great dynamic. Um, so Amy, you're also a sex and relationship coach. You mentioned this earlier um, when we first started about the, is it the somatica method or the somatic method? Somatica, yeah. Somatica method. Can you tell us about exactly what that is? Yeah, Somatica was created by two women who are badass entrepreneurs. Amazing. They're amazing at what they yeah. do. Um, they they took they were sexological body workers. So, and sexological body work workers for for that type of work. For those of you who don't know, is uh, is a its own sex coaching practice, but it's embodying involves a lot of hands on healing, uh, and it's clinical and it's very much consent based. It's a really beautiful practice. We recommend on our podcast anyone who's going through um, a lot of sexual trauma that involves the body keeping the score. There's a book on that. The body's brilliant. It remembers trauma. Uh, we often recommend that they go work with a sexological body worker to work through that trauma. Sex and relationship coaching is a little different. The somatical method that they developed. So they wanted to combine the sexological body work uh, training or their education there with more of an intimate relationship with the client. They thought that uh, sexological body work, while it needed to be more clinical because it was hands-on touch, that on often on genitals, uh, that it was missing the intimate relationship healing that could happen through you know a therapist or practitioner with a client and because we know now in the psychology world that in order to heal old relational wounds through attachment wounds and things that happen in our childhood with parents or other uh, partners, etc., cetera, uh, it has to be in an experiential context. We could read all the books and understand all of where our wounds came from, but we have to have the actual embodied experience of something different, you know, that experience of what we wanted, how we really wanted someone to show up when the first hurt or wound happened. So they created this practice that um, does not involve touching genitals. It's fully clothed. It is still very uh, intimate and embodied in that when you work with a client, you invite their arousal into a session. And to show them that it is not shameful to feel aroused, even working with your you know, your your therapist. And there, we're, I'm not a licensed therapist, so um, technically speaking, actually bringing that to licensed therapy, a little different rules. Um, so yeah, so I took that training, and now I work with clients uh, privately, was in person, and now it's all online. Although it was transitioning to more online, anyways, because I through the podcast work with people um, all over the country, and yeah, it's very much about giving them permission to be who they are as sexual beings and to break down, this is what our podcast does too, break down all of the rules around who we should or shouldn't be around sexual beings, except for, of course, about consent because we need, we, you know, our motto is all consensual sex is good sex. Uh, and for people to find out who, who they really are. And I think permission, acceptance, normalizing, a lot of normalizing um, and, and then practicing having conversations about sex and then embodied practices, uh, both when we're working together and then also on their own to tap into their arousal and to get more clear on who they are as, as sexual beings. So maybe they never knew or maybe they did know and they 
uh, had some stuff that happened that made it so that they lost it or created new stories about who they needed to change to be to conform uh, to survive or to feel love. Like April's talking about, she needed to have sex with that college guy to not lose the love. And by the way, Holly, I had a very open-minded upbringing. I still had that shit too. I still had that I need to caretake men's emotions so that I don't lose the love. Oh, I feel like all women, all, so we much, all yeah. deal with that. To- it's oh, yeah, part of it. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Absolutely. So it's been a journey for, for me as well too. And, um, you know, taking these trainings helps me to work with clients, but also has helped me to, um, to shift and grow on my own. It's been my own healing mm. journey as well. That's, that's amazing. Um, April, so you are vice president of Hot Octopus, and um, you're very. This is a very like inclusive company. Um, you guys have sex toys for trans and non-binary people, geared towards various surgeries that they have. Um, so, can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's something that's kind of unusual in most sex toy companies. I feel like most sex toy companies go either for you know just the typical gender roles, women and men, but it seems like you guys are reaching out to all the different variants. So can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. And uh, obviously inclusivity has been something that's huge for me. I worked with Fun Factory before I started with Hot Octopus. And I only started with Hot Octopus in 2017. And at the time I met the founder, Adam Lewis, and actually both of the founders, Adam Lewis and, and, uh, Julia Margot. I met them in 2013 with Amy at Las Vegas at, you know, one of the conventions and love them. And they had one product that Adam is the founder and he is by, uh, self-proclaimed. And also I'm uh, com- comfortable saying this because he's given me permission. He is an avid wanker mm-hmm. and, but loved <laughs> frenulum stimulation, right? So frenulum stimulation is something that folks don't think about when they think about stroking a penis. A lot of times it's that, I call it the, the, I don't, I don't, I, caveman style of like, they gotta go. Mom's gonna uh, come. Like they're stroking, stroking, stroking. Fast and right? hard. Hurry yeah. Up. Fast yeah. and hard. And he loved frenulum stimulation. So he wanted. And what exactly is that? So frenulum is. Uh, so we have our lingual frenulum, which is attached our our tongue to our the webbing. That's the tongue to the mouth, right? The right. penile frenulum is the the head underneath the head. There's this area that also is a type of webbing. Webbing, and it, there's four thousand nerve endings in the head of the penis. That's why it's the most sensitive. Uh, part I call it the clitoris of the penis because I'm a vulva owner. I own a clitoris, so I, I can relate in that way so vulva owner yeah well, yeah yeah it's the, like a vulva like a vulvo owner like, like car I don't own a vulvo, but i own a vulva <laughs> uh and the a- adam loved frenulum stimulation so he was masturbating for many years and he's comfortable with me saying this as well he was taking a sock a, a bullet vibe, those little bullet vibes that are, they're pretty cheap. They're, you know, his wife's bullet vibe and a rubber band, putting it on his frenulum, turning it on. <laughs> and it was like this hands-free masturbator that he made. And then he felt really, sh- like he felt ashamed about it. And he was doing nothing in the sex toy realm, ended up starting to, to look at products out there from the sex toy industry. There was nothing that was for the penis owners that if they wanted a masturbator, the only company that was making anything for frenulums was a medical device company out of Denmark. And they were making products that were focused on frenulum stimulation using an oscillator. And 
hopefully this is, is, in, is easy enough to understand. Oscillation causes involuntary ejaculation in penis owners. So you put an oscillator on, which is more of this motor that goes in this circular fashion rather than a, a vibrating motor, which is like, brrr, it's more of like, whoa, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Hopefully you get what I'm throwing down. If not, you can go on our website, but you put this on and at a specific amplitude, even if you've had a spinal cord injury or if you have ED or if you have little to no use of your penis, you can actually have an ejaculation with this device. They were using it in Denmark on folks with spinal cord injury so they could have children. So Adam ended up contacting these people and they licensed us this technology, this oscillating pulse plate technology for for pleasure. So he developed, they developed, him and Jules developed this, this masturbator that was like this automatic masturbator. And so when I met them, they only had this one product and we hit it off and they were awesome. And slowly I came on board in 2017 and they had two products, both for the penis owners. However, research had not only talked about folks that had any motor skill issues or folks that were, uh, that were having disabilities that had no use of their penis could benefit from hot octopus products. But they found that folks that in the trans community, so we, we have folks that have, uh, they've been doing a lot, clitoral elongation or so we're talking um, folks have had some some maybe they're wanting to explore uh, using different devices that aren't out there so pumping the clitoris or uh, different hormones so this device can also be used in the trans community to help with an orgasm now we've evolved into making a line that is more inclusive for vulva owners we're uh, also going to create some toys for uh, the anus. We're also, I love, I, t- I talk about anal all day, so I'm sorry. Yeah, news. It comes up, it comes up every time. All right. So, and then we have this non-binary <laughs> just link on our, on our website. So if you are a person that doesn't want gendered pronouns, you don't want he, she, you can click non-binary and everything will go into they, them. And oh, cool. I didn't know that. you can also get hmm. non-gendered packaging. We'll ship it to you without any, some, some of our products, um, the packaging just has, you know, uh, the imagery of a penis, right? Not, uh, it's a, it's a icon. So you can understand how to put on the cock ring, right? It's a design for a penis owner, but you will receive that, that product without gendered packaging. Um, and we just want to, we're evolving and I brought, I've helped to bring a lot of the inclusivity piece because it's important for me to think about all humans. Why, why just, why just focus on penis owners when that is not the broad spectrum? And it was a niche product for a long time, the, the pulse products, but now hot octopus has, has really, I believe been the pioneer in, in making inclusivity, uh, just more important in the, in the sex toy industry. And, and I'm so proud to be a part of that and it's shameless masturbation. And so they are such an advocate for what Amy and I are doing with our podcast too. So it's just awesome. And I feel like the product is really not only has it changed people's lives, but it's really just an important piece that came from the medical side. We can't make medical claims by the way. So I it will not guarantee you yeah. anything. However, uh, it is definitely based on nine years of medical research. So thank you for asking me that question though. I appreciate that. And it's a, it's a good one. Yeah. My feedback from my audience has been that, you know, I've taught them a lot about the adult industry and about humanizing people in the adult industry. And they've learned a lot about porn and behind the scenes. And, um, it feels really great to help educate people. And you guys, obviously, as educators, have educated tons of people. I know you guys have a big audience on pleasure and shameless sex and all those kinds of things. But 
for me, I've, I've felt that if anything, one of the greatest gifts of my podcast is be, has been how much I've learned from my guests and um, my audience as well. So what has been like maybe the greatest gift for you with your podcast? Like what has it taught you maybe about people, about sex, um, that kind of thing? I constantly surprised, pleasantly surprised and super stoked on all of these educators who have developed various formulas or methodologies, methodologies yeah, concepts on uh, working with sex and relationships with folks. Um, I, so I, when I learned, I remember even before the podcast learning about the love languages and which applies, uh, was really applicable, at least for me in relationship with partners where I'm like, why am I going crazy? My partner, I haven't seen them in five days and we are still connecting like five times a day and we have half an hour conversations and I can feel their love. Oh, cause my love language is touch. And you really can't replicate that from afar over FaceTime. And, uh, or we had Jaya on our podcast and she developed uh, something called the erotic blueprints, which talks about how there's different ways that all of us are uh, wanting to feel or do feel our arousal and feel our turn on. And we live in a society that thinks it's all about sex. You know, I see a naked body, you touch me, I should be turned on. When in fact, sexual is one of them. There's also sensual, there's also kinky, there's shapeshifter, there's energetic. And then that I learned, holy shit, I'm an energetic. Like just seeing a naked body, yeah, it's, it's cool. But it's all about the energy of the way the person shows up. And I... I'm not, I'm not broken and I am completely normal. I'm just different from someone who might be asexual and, or asensual. Um, and so for me, I think I'm constantly seeing these different ways that we can apply this to our everyday lives. And they're teaching us that we're all so different. What, but that's not what we're taught. And we're trying to fit in this little cookie cutter, this little box idea of, who we should be, or in the words of Emily Nagowski, who wrote Come As We Are, she also came on our podcast who taught us that we live in a very penis-centric model. Um, that, and you know, I, we love porn as entertainment. We don't love uh, porn unless it's educational porn as, um, as the educator to go learn how to do anal or how to do the threesome. Uh, and it also taught us a lot about uh, what, or taught a lot of folks about how to have sex. And a lot of it isn't geared towards necessarily you know, what your everyday vulva owner likes. And um, so I'm, I just love these conversations that are teaching people that they're okay and that, that they just need to figure out who they really are and what are the formulas that they can apply to their everyday life to discover more about um, what works for them. And so, yeah, so I'm seeing that for our listeners and also for myself, it's just been life-changing and it continues to be. Um, so I didn't know when we signed up the podcast to, to do this, I we didn't sign up like, oh, we're doing this for us so that we can learn more. It was more like, this is a fun passion project that we're going to do. And, uh, and you know, we'll have this offering for other people, but it really has turned into our own journey or at least my own journey as well right april how about you Uh, amy nailed it with a lot of uh my feelings as well and one thing that we talked about at the beginning when we first started was uh because people had said that well won't you run out of things to talk about won't you run out of things to to educate people on and the answer is absolutely not and the thing that i think is it resonates with me so deeply is that there's not a one size fits all approach. There's what 7.8 billion people on the planet now, all with their own experiences, with their own stories and with their own stuff that they're bringing and their own blockages. Right. And I think that it's so powerful to have all of these experts on that we're interviewing that have 
done research or that have created methodologies or that have created platforms where folks can get help or support and do what, what fits with their, what their experience was to try to help them work through whatever that, why they thought they were broken, which is, you know, where I've come from, I guess that, and, and it, it sits with me also in this way that is so powerful and life-changing that I'm not broken, right? After thinking I was for so long and then listening to people and talking to therapists and doctors and knowing that I'm not broken, there's no way, there's no way from my experiences that any of you all listening are broken either. We are all fucking capable of experiencing pleasure or of healing some of the things that might stray us away from tapping into our pleasure. And I also, right, I had so much compliant sex in my life and so much. And I think learning about honoring my own needs and uh, I think it tr- it translates to our folks that listen to us because I also go through the same learning processes. Amy's, she is um, a fierce educator and is always on this mission to learn more. And I respect her and I, and I also soak up the knowledge that she gains in her uh, studious endeavor because I, I don't do that. I run, help run this company, the sexway company. So I don't have the space and she's, she is so absolutely gifted at helping tune into people's needs. And I've learned so much from her as well. And, and to know that we're on this mission together and I'm learning with our listeners and also learning about some wooey shit that and I swear <laughs> a lot. I'm so sorry, but so learning about some wooey shit where I'm like, really, I'm really tapping into my Jams and inner pussy right now. Like, ah, <laughs> her yoni. Because, which is great. I, I meditate yoni. and I do the things that are somewhat wooey, but yes, it's been interesting for me to learn with our listeners because again, I came from this very, uh, conservative Midwestern, no way meditation was bad. That lets the evil spirits in. The devil comes in. The devil, but they, it's not Southern <laughs> accent. It's that oh, lets sorry. those evil spirits in. Don't you know? That's that's Minnesota. <laughs> so, wrong place. So I yes, I appreciate that. Uh, I I think that our listeners really do feel a sense of our authenticity when it comes to both of our experiences, and we never claim to have the answers. And sometimes we're like, "Yo, we are not telling you to leave your wife," because we've had some feedback where people are like, yeah. "I hate those girls. They told me to leave my wife," and we're like, "No, no, that's so, not what we were offering what we're saying, you." No. So I'm sorry yeah, that you heard yeah. that. Maybe that's something you didn't want to hear, but maybe you should listen to that inner voice. Selective hearing. Yes, we don't shoot anyone. We say, "Hey, these are these are some of the things that you can apply that are." available you choose and you choose you choose it's it's a choose your own adventure for fixing Mm -hmm. your sex life and amy's partner actually who she's partnered with now it's awesome he was married and and tapped into shameless sex to try to fix his marriage or help fix his marriage. It didn't work. The marriage still worked. (laughs) I win though. He recognized her at a yoga, hot yoga class and was like, yeah, shameless sex. And she's like, yeah. And then they now are partnered and, and, and experiencing each other. And it was so funny because obviously it wasn't the, the work of, of our podcast not working for him. It was because there's two people, right. In every relationship, maybe three, maybe four in every partnership. And, and, uh, it's not up to you alone. It's it's you doing the work on yourself that's only going to help bring your partnership and your sexuality to the next level. And we just have a platform to help you get there. So, yeah. 
That is awesome. That's amazing. Well, I think you guys, I think you guys are great and you're doing so much for the conversation around sex, which sorely needs to be had. Um, if someone has never listened to shameless sex, uh, is there a specific episode that you would recommend maybe they start off with? Do you have like a favorite that they should check out or should they just go pick one? I'm going to go with the one I talked about earlier, Jaya's episode, also because I know the number, but it's a phenomenal episode. It's number 126. It's on erotic blueprints. She's an amazing educator. We, in our minds were blown. We're like, no way. And every single person can apply it to their sex life. Doesn't matter who you're into or what kind of sex you're having, or even if you're not having sex right now. Um, I think everyone could learn something from it. It's very informative. So um, I would start with that one. As you know, title is everything. So our top episodes are how to eat pussy like a champ. And, and then how to suck dick like a Yes, people love those and they're great episodes our listeners particularly are looking for how to's they want to get these yeah. sexual mastery tools and how, tools on how to be a better lover uh, whether for themselves or within their partnership but yeah go to number 126 with jaya and um and you can then well there's plenty of other episodes to listen to if you want to go down the rabbit hole I'm a big fan. the emily nagowski episode yeah come as you are well, yes. just come as you are because you are normal yes you are normal yes you something are. like that yes <laughs> that one's a really good one yeah. uh it was a uh, very absolute, just an eye-opening episode. And not only if you're a vulva owner, it's for anyone that is interested in, in having someone talk to you. That's a complete intellectual and diving into uh, topics that are about a lot of our, the, the, not even about vulvas in general, but how the patriarchy and people get pissed saying that. And when we're, we say that, we're we, not anti-man. We're everyone. not anti we, we love the men. patriarchy. It's yeah. just some of the, they don't like the system. Yeah. The systems that have been built around female sexuality because of well, the no, patriarchy. For men, for men too. No, it's, it's a yes, limiting for both. System. But that particular episode did have a lot to do with, uh, just our, just our sexuality as, as vulva owning humans, as vagina owners. And I thought that episode was really powerful. Mm-hmm. I am dying to interview Esther Prell or just have that's, her. We decide that's what we somewhere. know. We know when we made it, when we got Esther oh, Prell on our show. I love her so much. <laughs> someday, and someday. I really am just putting it out there into the abyss of the universe to manifest that and bring it back. Esther, wherever you are. Esther. I love you, Esther. Come on our I show. can speak Hebrew. I know you do too. <laughs> she does she she's listening like nine languages she's listening right she, now she speaks like flemish french oh my god english like a champ she's so, anyway she sounds like someone who's way too smart to listen to my podcast oh damn it say that uh, probably the same over <laughs> here i'm like damn it that bitch probably listened I can't to it. No. Say it. you're the realer in via my show but i i believe in manifestation 100 percent. so me too. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. This is this is really great. Can you tell everybody where they can find you on social media? Anything you have to plug? Any websites? I know you guys have a YouTube channel. All that, all that stuff. I'll, you want me to plug? Plug away. I'll plug. So you can plug and play us at. We're on IG, which is Instagram. For all of you that don't know, my mom would be like, "What's IG, April?" So it's Shameless <laughs> Sex Podcast. We're also on. We uh, we do have a YouTube channel. It is in progress. So uh, all of our episodes are are available. Visual content is coming shortly. And that is Shameless Podcast, Shameless Sex Podcast, I'm sorry, as well. And you can email us if you ever have sex questions at info at shameless sex or contact 
contact at Shameless Sex. Maybe I wasn't the right person to do this. We also have a website. It's just shamelesssex.com. Lots of shameless sex. We drop a new episode on iTunes, Google Play, every, anywhere you can listen to a podcast, you will find Shameless Sex. It's Amy and I half naked at our album cover with the black band that says Shameless Sex across our hooters, as they say in some places. <laughs> and... <laughs> breasts as in others so yeah check us out shameless sex on itunes and all the places and yeah we hope to just have all of you having better sex and just being more enlightened and holly you are just a voice of beautiful reason. this is when you can tell that we're podcasters because she's like <laughs> she's like closing oh, yeah. you out oh, sorry. oh yeah sorry about that i do that I it's can't been a, hey holly it's been great having you on our show <laughs> Just kidding, Holly. Just kidding. Just- oh no, it's great. I, I feel like my work is done here and I'm, I'm, I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> oh, shit. That was good. Uh, well, thank you guys so much. A really educational, um, wonderful episode. Different than a lot of the ones that I do, but I love that. I'm definitely trying to bring more diversity to my show. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having uh, me. The rest of you guys, you can find me on Instagram on IG, as April says, <laughs> um, at Holly Randall and on Twitter at Holly Randall. And my website is hollyrandallunfiltered.com. My YouTube channel is youtube.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to my show. If you're a longtime listener or a new one, I've got a lot of interviews. So make sure you check out everything from the beginning of my catalog because there's some real gems back in the early days of the show. And if you enjoy this show, there's a couple of things that you can do to support it. First of all, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, rate me five stars and leave a review. It's incredibly helpful to get my show up in the charts. Secondly, you can join my Patreon for as little as $5 a month and watch the interviews stream live, which by the way, gives you access to my episodes way before anyone else. You can also get signed prints, books, merchandise, such as shirts and mugs, access to my private Snapchat, and a free membership to my website, hollyrandall.com. Plus, I offer tons of bonus content. Q&A with your favorite guests that you cannot hear on the free platforms. And of course, my exclusive bonus podcast, My LA Porn Life, that I do with my production manager, Eva. It gives you a real and hilarious insight into what it takes to run a small porn company like mine. Because trust me, my job, though stressful, awkward, and facepalm ridiculous as it is sometimes, well, it's never boring. And we definitely give you the juicy behind-the-scenes dish that you can't get anywhere else. Plus, Eva's dating life is absolutely hilarious, and she holds nothing back. So, go to patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered and join the community. Your, Your support helps me in my journey to change people's minds about the adult industry, and hopefully the lives of the people in it. Next week on the podcast... I got myself quite a catch, somebody who I have been chasing down for quite a while. I feel like I've actually gotten quite a few catches lately. Luckily, quarantine has forced some people to stay at home, which means that I can snag them for a remote recording of Holly Randall Unfiltered, girls who might otherwise be unavailable due to their hectic shoot schedules. So next week is Abella. Danger, 
one of the most popular porn stars in the industry right now. She has an Instagram following in the millions, and she's also directing now. So I'm always really excited to have somebody on who moves from in front of the camera to behind the camera and how that experience has been for them. So make sure that you come back next week for a Bella Danger on Holly Randall Unfiltered. 